Hey, my name is Tiffany Vaughn, and I'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them. I'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby James, and man, have we been dealing with a lot. But isn't everyone? I lovingly call it our hard, beautiful journey, and I bet that yours is too. In season one, I tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down. Bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I've created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Mental health, marriage and divorce, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics that we discuss here. Let's be real for a minute. Life can definitely be hard, but it can also be so dang beautiful. Am I right? So pull up a cozy seat, grab your beverage of choice, and join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Hard Beautiful Journey. Thank you so much for being with me today. On today's episode, I have Aaron McCullough with me, and Aaron is a thought leader, an in-demand speaker, and an international teacher that helps people create impenetrable joy so that they can be calm, have peace of mind, and meaning in their life right now. Aaron had an anxiety disorder that had her holed up in her home for nearly a year, and it was through that experience she learned how and why that happened and develop strategies to overcome and prevent it, which is what she now teaches. Erin vowed that when she found solutions to overcoming and preventing anxiety, that she would do whatever she could to make sure that no one had that experience. So that has been her mission. Here is my interview with Erin. Hi, Erin. It is so nice to have you here today with me. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I am too. And I'm really, really looking forward to talking with you because one of your hard, beautiful journeys is an anxiety disorder. And I have had one in one of my early episodes. I did talk about the one anxiety attack that I had and it was terrifying and it was debilitating. And I honestly thought I was dying. So I have endless amounts of admiration for those people who endure any sort of anxiety attacks or disorders. And I really want to hear about how you got through that. But before we get to that part and into your story, can you tell me and my listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So gosh, where do I start? Uh, (laughs) I, um, well, what I'm doing now is I'm helping others not have that experience, basically. Mm. Um, As you said, uh, anxiety can be very debilitating. And when we go into my story, you'll see how debilitating it really can get. And, um, and I know there are worse stories out there as well, but it's not about how bad the story is. It's really just about the experience. And what I know for sure is that we are meant to be in joy Uh, almost exclusively. And if that's not the experience you're having, 
then um, there's definitely going to be something for you on this podcast. I always try to sell, um, you know, impart some, a little bit of wisdom and uh, some strategies to having a different life, because that's what I'm all about is teaching people that, that joy is the, should be the default setting versus what we often go to, which is fear-based. Absolutely. So let's get into your anxiety disorder. Is that where you want to start? Is, is how that all started? Well, my story really has kind of three sort of pillars of things that happened that finally led to uh, where I'm at today. Um, It started with an anxiety disorder that actually came about through talk therapy. I was um, in my first counseling session with a boyfriend that I had at the time. And, uh, you know, we'd been on again, off again forever. And we decided we'd get some professional help to figure out uh, how we could actually love each other in a way that made (laughs) sense. (laughs) And um, in that first session, I had an anxiety attack and I had never had one before or a panic attack, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the counselor noticed it right away. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, absolutely not okay. She said, well, what's going on? I explained to her, you know, the heart racing. I could, I was having a difficult time breathing. I felt like I was two inches tall in the corner and all the air was being sucked out of the room. I had prior to that. Um, and part of it was I began to not be present in the conversation and it started to feel further away from me. And like I was having a difficult time hearing. And so it started with that and then all those other things. And I only describe that so that if people don't know what that is, they know now. Um, that is a perfect, perfect description. Oh my goodness. Honestly, that is exactly how I felt in that moment. Yeah. You start to have the disconnected from your body situation and then you're, and then panic, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, my heart is racing. I'm having a difficult time breathing. I think I might be having a heart attack, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that happened. She, you know, talked me down and, and said, you know, there's something coming up for you. Would you like to do some individual counseling? And so from that, I said, of course, yes, I want to figure out what this is and heal from it. And it was through that talk therapy, the uh, continuously, consistently repeating the traumas that had happened in my life that I created an anxiety disorder. And so it started with the one panic attack and then they started to get closer and closer together. And then it started to narrow my life. Right. So at the time I was training for a half marathon and, um, I had a panic attack like, uh, eight miles into a 10 mile run. And I had to walk home for two miles in complete anxiety, thinking I was going to pass out on the side of the road and nobody was going to know when I was going to die. And mm-hmm. my family would never know. And all those crazy things that you're Um, fear will tell you is the truth. Um, And so then of course I stopped running. And then um, at the time I was a special ed teacher and I was so afraid that I was going to have a panic attack in front of my kids and, you know, cause even more trauma than they've already had in their life that I decided that I couldn't work anymore. And then it just, you know, just everything started to go away. And so it ended up, I was about eight months holed up in my home Um, And I would only go out for absolute necessities, grocery store. Sometimes I wouldn't even do that, or I would go and ditch, you know, full carts of groceries and, and my counseling sessions, I would go for those, um, which were, you know, just 
45 minutes away and all the things, right? So all these things that we do to navigate um, fear and anxiety. Um, after about eight months of that, my counselor finally said, you know, I, I don't feel like we're getting any work done here. And um, we're really just dealing with symptoms of anxiety and not the root of what got you to this place. And so she sent me to a homeopathic psychiatrist who, after a three-hour interview, gave me a remedy. And 20 minutes later, my anxiety symptoms were gone, which <clears throat> this is not a quick fix. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because so that's the first part of it, right? Yep. The issue with that is while the chemistry was worked out, the mental, emotional, spiritual piece was not worked out at all. And mm-hmm. so I just began to recreate this sort of craziness that I do in my life, which is you know, overwork, highly stressed, anxiety-ridden, um, panicked feeling. And so I decided, you know, now I had this new lease on life, I should move to Hawaii and, you know, to a small town and live a simpler life. Again, not a fix because (laughs) I was still there. (laughs) You can move to a desert island all by yourself. And guess what? You are still there. So if you haven't worked out your stuff, yeah, (laughs) it's still there. And so it took me I started a business when I got there, it took off like gangbusters. Um, and so it fed all of that, right? It supported the anxiety, the stress, the panic, all those things. And it wasn't until about 10 years in where um, I had something that rocked me to my core. Um, a client had called in the morning and was really upset. And uh, when clients called, I would just get frantic. I was just like, you know, you know, want to defend my integrity and So I uh, raced over to a friend's, I um, backed into her driveway and I sideswiped my car um, on her husband's truck. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but I gotta go. Can you watch my daughter for a little bit? She's like, no problem. So I left, I came back a couple hours later and my friend pulled me aside and she said, you know, I have to tell you something. When you sideswiped that truck, my husband was under it working on it and he thought it was going to land on him. And it just rocked me to the core. I thought, this is ridiculous. This is no life, you know, running around as though all these things are important. There's got to be a better way. Mm -hmm. And so I started to, you know, do all the things, go to seminars and read all the books. And I started to see there was a different life that could be had. Mm -hmm. And I started to make some changes and I was having a little bit of relief And then a few years later, I found myself in a divorce and that divorce uh, leveled me. Mm -hmm. And I just went um, in my dark moment, all the the money and time I had spent going to seminars and reading those books, I didn't actually have strategies to help pull myself out of this feeling of just feeling lost. And Mm -hmm. so a series of things happened. I started reading this book. Uh, Maybe you've heard of it. It's called The Course in Miracles. No. It's an interesting book. (laughs) It's um, 365 passages. So it's meant to be one passage a day for a year and you read it and then you try to, you know, think about it and and enact it in your life or whatever. And I'll tell you the first month I was like, this is interesting, but I'm not getting a lot out of it. Um, But I, you know, I'm committed. Second month starts and this crazy thing happens. I'm reading the passages and all I can see are these words coming up every single day. Like they're popping off and bold up off the page. 
It's like the path is joy. The answer is joy, 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 joy. And I was like, literally after a couple of weeks of that, I was at the beach, like threw my hands up in the air. And I was like, I hear you. I got it. The word got is the joy. message. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure how to get that into my life because up until this point, I didn't even know what joy was, honestly. And then a series of things happened. I um, learned about a seminar from a gentleman I'd met through a seminar company that I had been involved with. And I went sight unseen. I had no idea what it was about, just needed something positive. And as it turns out, it was about a visualization process that he teaches. And so through that visualization, my life just lined up. My business that had been for sale for nine months and no bites. Um, I called my broker and told him, it's um, just letting you know, it's going to go into a bidding war and sell by the end of the month. <laughs> and he was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and, um, and it, it, within a week, it went into a bidding war and it, it went did. into escrow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and then awesome. I met the love of my life in these crazy circumstances, yeah. which is why I ended up in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And then, um, I went and trained with that gentleman and I began to teach his seminar and I, in standing in front of that first audience, it was a culmination of everything I had ever experienced personally through seminars and reading. I recognized that actually I did have a cache of knowledge mm-hmm. that was going to help other people find their joy, cultivate it and live the life they were meant to live. And that's what I've been doing for about four years. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I, first of all, I'm going to read that book because that is something that I absolutely, over the last year, I've definitely been feeling like I need something more, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. the, I know, and the, the word joy keeps coming up for me too. (laughs) So I think this was supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and that I was supposed to meet you. So what strategies do you use to reduce anxiety and stress and overwhelm now? So one of the things, the foundational pieces that I teach clients and students that take my classes is that um, we do have a story that we are constantly referring to mostly unconsciously. (laughs) Yep. Um, And so the first step that I help people recognize is that story. You know, I have people write it out and then tell it to um, themselves. So read it out loud. And then if they're in partnership with somebody, I have them tell it to their partner. Um, Not for the purpose of uh, reinforcing it, Mm -hmm. because after that happens, I tell them that they're not allowed to tell that story anymore. They're not for a moment. Yeah. Is it? Is it your thought that it's important to say it out loud rather than just write it? Because I know for me in my journey over the last year, actually using my, and that's my thing, (laughs) use your voice and like actually say something out loud released a lot of my stuff. Is that your thoughts? So two things. One is writing is super powerful because we spend a lot of time up in our brain thinking Mm -hmm. all the things, right? Once we get it on paper, it exists in matter. When we say it out loud, the reason that I ask people to say it out loud is because when they're saying it out loud and reading it, that's when they connect to it. 
mm-hmm. like in the present moment <laughs> versus where they're const- constantly connecting to it without knowing. Yes. So they connect to it and they get to like hear it almost from like another party, mm-hmm. right? And then it also gives them the satisfaction that, oh, if I'm able to write it out and I say it like that, it does exist, but now I don't want it to exist anymore. So it gives them an opportunity to kind of say goodbye, you know? Yeah. Because the next step is, is you don't get to tell that story again. Mm -hmm. You don't get to tell it to other people. You don't get to tell it in your mind. Every time you hear it, we do strategies to reframing. And then thirdly, you don't get to get into relationship over it. You know, oh, my dad was an alcoholic and he was abusive. Oh, me too. Mm -hmm. Mine too. Let's get into relationship over that. No, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. (laughs) That's not a good start for a relationship. (laughs) No, not a good start. So what's the next step after that? So after that, then we create a new story, right? So what's the new story that you'd like to create? And that is um, usually based on a day in the life of all the things you ever wanted in every area of your life. And I have them write out that story. And then they use that story in a visualization every morning. So you can imagine, and part of that new story, when you use it in a visualization is you want to enact or get involved with all of the senses. So you want that story to be so powerful that it creates an elevated emotion for you. And so when you're in the visualization process, you are elevating your emotional state to the state of a day in the life of everything you ever wanted, which I mean, who, like, how can you have a bad day when you start from that point? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. And I'm going to incorporate that as well. I I have done visualization, but I haven't done it as a day in the life. And I really love that idea. Um, because I do like, I do know what a perf, not perfect, you know what I mean? What a really good day would feel like and look like for me, but to start my day like that, that would be, that is a great strategy. I love it. Love and let me just give you a couple more clues about that too. So you want to be in the video. You're not the camera, right? So it's you watching you from moment, wake up to moment, go to sleep. Yeah. All the people, all the sensations, all the things. Like smells, everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. If you like love goosebumps, coffee, smell yeah. the good coffee. <laughs> yeah. Bacon, the whole deal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I mean, when I am in my visualization, I am so in it that I have like tears of joy streaming down my face. Like that's how excited I am about it. And I'll give you another tip. So I had a really hard time with the visualization piece in the beginning um, because same with meditation. It took me years to be able to quiet my mind. The visualization, one of the things that I use to get into that space is I move my body. So I'm laying in my bed and I have my eyes closed. And as I'm doing the visualization, I'm going through each piece. I'm like, yes, yes, this is happening. Yes, this is happening. Yes, that thing just happened. Oh my gosh. And then this thing and right. And so that already gives you an elevated experience and you just want to roll with that because it's about the experience. It's not about the things, right? Yeah, yeah. The experience is what we want to create because we want the things, the car, the house, the relationship, all those things 
because of how we think we're going to feel when we have them. And our subconscious mind is so wonderful that if you insert the feelings, they stay. It mm -hmm. remembers. It's like muscle memory. It goes, oh, I do know what it's like to be in a state of joy. That's right. So right now I'm experiencing fear. Let me go back to that state of joy and then move on with my day. Wow. Oh my goodness. I like, I honestly have goosebumps. <clears throat> I'm trying that one right away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I'm, and I'm going to actually, um, teach my kids this as well. <clears throat> I, nice. uh, I have three children that all have ADHD and mm. starting their day like that and in a state of joy um, will be very, very powerful for them as well. So I love that. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to actually implement this and make changes? It's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Why is it so difficult? It's so many different reasons. First and foremost, one of the reasons is that most of society does not function this way. <laughs> and so in order to, um, like, you have to get committed to yourself, you know, like literally the relationship that you, the love of your life, the soulmate, the, all that is all you, the relationship to cultivate is the relationship with yourself from that all beautiful things grow without that. Um, it's like a half of a life. And so when you recognize that you deserve to feel good all the time and you have some strategies in order to create that, then you realize what's possible. And without that, there's just, it's just so narrow. It's like the blinders are on in terms of understanding what could happen and what could be experienced. And then the subconscious mind, again, wonderful, <laughs> but it is all about survival. And so when you begin to enact change, it says, oh, wait a minute, that's not okay. We are about survival. And now you're trying to like insert this other thing and that we don't know about that thing. Yeah. We know about what we're doing. Yeah. This feels comfortable to us. Yeah. This other thing, not so much. Yeah. And so the sweet spot is the uncomfortable, at least for a little while. Mm -hmm. recognizing not uncomfortable, like super painful, but like uncomfortable enough that, you know, you're doing something different. Mm -hmm. You cannot have anything different unless you do something different, unless you think something different, unless you can navigate your emotions in a way where you are not beholden to other people or circumstances. Mm -hmm. When we can just let our life unfold as it is going to and quit thinking we know what the outcomes are going to be and quit having expectations of everybody and everything to show up how we need it to show up for us to feel good, then we can recognize, oh, it's not about that person made me feel this way. It's that person is giving me an opportunity to look at me and go, why am I in reaction? They're not doing anything to me or at me. That circumstance is not doing anything to me or at me. It's I'm choosing this emotional experience because I've had an experience in the past that looks like this. And that experience tells me that this is what the future should look like. Right. When we understand that there's a pattern of things going on behind the scenes that we don't have awareness on and get awareness of them, 
then we can have a different experience. But literally, you cannot have a different experience until you hear something different, experience something different, do something different. And the subconscious mind is not interested in that. And so you have that to battle, that resistance to battle. And then you have society resistance saying, no, this is not status quo. You can't all of a sudden be a happy person all the time. You can't, you know. (laughs) With all the bad news that goes on, like, why are you so happy? Right? Like you get those people that say, I don't understand how you're so happy with all the crap that's going on. And, you know, so how long did it take you to get to this place? Like, was it a, like a quick thing or did it take a while for, for you to feel this way? Well, I'm 50, so it's taken a while. <laughs> so but from that, <laughs> from that, that reading those passages, 365 days to today, how long was that? And, and have you gone back and forth as well? Well, I'll tell you, there was two other profound things that happened in my life after that. And those solidified what I already knew which was, uh, I read two books. One was Gary Zukav's The Seed of the Soul. Mm-hmm. If you don't know this book, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And the other is Eckhart Tolle's uh, A New Earth. Another book. That one on my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I have not read it yet. So it's on my list. Well, interestingly enough, I had a, The Seed of the Soul for about 10 years. I was afraid to read it. I had seen him on Oprah. And there was something about his demeanor that like not only scared me, but also um, sort of delighted me. Like I was like, oh, somebody can be that calm and that like at peace. Same. He did the same for me too. Every time he was on, he had that calm demeanor and just wise, very wise. Oh, and he's, oh my gosh, another one that I, so Here's another strategy that I think is so amazing, right? So I start every morning with a uh, visualization and um, meditation. And then I go on a walk with my dog and I listen to something that speaks to my soul, like on a deep level, you know, when you tap into something where you just have a knowingness, you're like, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I know this is the truth, but it is. And everything I'm saying is I didn't make any of this stuff up like this is, you know, <laughs> yeah. everybody knows this on a deep level if they're willing to listen. And it, I've been listening to Gary Zukon's, uh, I think it's called Soul Stories. He is remarkable at telling a story mm-hmm. and really drilling down into the essence of what's important in this life. Mm-hmm. And it's not the things that most people are pursuing, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's Yeah. And it's just, so when you can start your day in that place and be fully present in the things that matter, then when you get into the thick of it with, you know, societal, you know, stressors and all the other things and kids and all the stuff that we do all day long, um, you can still, you can keep going back to that space and back to it and back to it. And the sense is that for me anyway, is that time is different now. It's slower. It's elongated. Moments matter. And when you can connect like a present moment to another present moment to another present moment, it's this stillness and this like peace of mind that is just, I don't know, yummy. Mm -hmm. It's like delicious. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Yummy. So your question was, how did I, so it took me a while, right. But not so long, you know, I started with the, that book and then all these things lined up in my life that all happened very quickly. And then it was just the teaching of that course over and over again, even though it was somebody else's work, Mm -hmm. I now teach my own course, but even though it was somebody else's work, it evolved, right? So it helped me to get into the teaching space and understand that um, people are hurting and that I could be part of the solution. And, and then my voice started to come out through all of that too. So I started to take some of that knowledge and put different spins on it. And then I had to move away from that. Um, so through that, I grew it just like I continue to evolve the practice of understanding myself and this world better and better. And now, you know, I teach a very specific process to like, I, for me, we are here for spiritual growth. We're here to develop ourselves. That is why we exist. It's not to be challenged and all the things that I used to think was why we were here those challenges are not really challenges. They're just, I mean, they're literally meant, that's why the story's not important. That story of your life, the details, the people in it, none of that is important. It, the only importance that it holds is for you to know where to heal and grow. That's what those are for. That's why that person who agitates you is in your life. That's why that circumstance that agitates you in your life. That's why people who drive slow in front of you, you want to yell at, you know, or honk your horn or do all those things. Those are for the purpose of us going, ah, healing and growth. It's not about that person driving slow, not using their signal. It's where am I impatient about me Mm -hmm. in this world? You know, where am I not accepting of what is in this world? Mm -hmm. So through, you know, teaching and individually working with people, it's, it's been a process. I've been meditation took me years to get really like how many years, maybe three or four, possibly five. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you at? Mind was so busy. Oh, squirrel. Squirrel brain. Yeah. 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 I started last year or the first time last June ish, June, July, And literally I was like 30 seconds, one minute. And I'm like, I'm out. (laughs) I got too much to do. (laughs) And I just couldn't even sit still. And I'm up to an hour now. So it didn't take me too long to get to that point. Um, But yeah, I totally understand that sometimes it just takes a long time to even get into that meditative state. Some days your, your brain, your body, your soul, it just is not wanting to, or something. I don't know what's going on, but some days like it's, it's there. And I think it's on those days that you need it the most, maybe I'm not sure, but starting your day with meditation and now this visualization practice, I can absolutely see how that can set your day up for insane joy. Right. Yeah. What do you think? Well, and I'll tell you about the, oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to ask what you, um, what you think the difference is between happiness and joy. Is there a difference? 
Oh, absolutely. So happiness is based on external things. So it's, you know, got a new car, yippee. Um, but eventually it just is a car, right? It just gets you from A to B. And it so gets that's dirty. a week later. Yeah. <laughs> a week later, a month later, there's, you know, kids and food and all the things and dogs and, <laughs> yeah. and joy is it, it definitely includes exuberance, right? The jumping up and down and oh my gosh, this is amazing. But it's actually more about what I was talking about earlier, stillness and peace of mind and uh, allowing what is non-resistance. Uh, that is, you know, being in the moment, being here right now, recognizing that this is the only moment we're guaranteed and, and taking advantage of that at every moment that you can remember to be there. And that is an experience that's available now. Mm -hmm. Like right Happiness, now. Happiness, right yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Happiness, uh, that game is, there's no winning that game. There's never gonna be enough cash. There's never gonna be a nice enough car. There's never gonna be a big enough house. There's never gonna be a perfect relationship. There's never gonna be all those things. And I was in that hamster wheel of things for years. I thought, okay, I'm going to crush this goal, set a huge goal, crush it, and then I'm going to be happy. And I would get to each of those goals and I'd be happy for a blip of time. And so you know what's happiness when it goes away. Joy is, you know, the opportunity. It is something that you learn to cultivate. It's not a, it's not our natural state of being based on how we were raised. And I mean, it starts at a young age. It's like we are tamping down emotions all the time and not allowed to feel them from, you know, little kids, they fall over, they scratch their knee. You're like, it's okay, honey, don't cry. Right. Mm -hmm. So it starts from that. And then we never allow ourselves to feel those emotions. And we do everything in our power to not feel them anymore. So we, you know, uh, tamp them down with drugs and alcohol. Those are obvious ones, but we also tamp them down with things like social media, um, being too busy, filling our calendar with all kinds of things. Um, you <laughs> that know, is that me. is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything that you do that doesn't feel amazing that is typically something that you're doing to not feel the thing. And the thing is healing comes from feeling the things. Yeah. So when we can, the process is to get awareness first. I'm having an emotion. I'm reacting to somebody or something. The second piece is getting intentional about it. Instead of saying, I don't want to feel this way anymore. It's like, how do I want to feel, right? So we spend a lot of time going, I don't like this. I don't want that, I, right? Mm -hmm. When we change the energy to what the want is, it shifts things incredibly. And then we get into strategies. Like, what do I do now that I'm in reaction? And what you do is you sit in that experience. You allow yourself to have the emotion. Don't reach for the wine. Don't reach for the social media. Don't reach for another activity to fill the calendar. Sit in the emotion and experience it. And I know people are thinking, oh my gosh, that's scary. I don't want to do that. It is a little bit scary, but it's not as scary as you think it is. Mm -hmm. I 
you know, would encourage people to really be okay with experiencing their emotions. They're not as like, they're not the boogeyman. They actually are the boogeyman. They're what we think they are, but they're not as bad as we think they are. Mm -hmm. And so once we can sit in them and experience them and just allow them to be, you won't be there forever. You're not going to wallow in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even like crying sometimes is uh, tamping down, right? Because it's like, oh, let me just have this cry real quick, but then not actually experience the emotion because the crying comes from the emotion, but it's not experiencing the emotion, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And so you do feel relief. You like you cry, oh, I feel better. But it's not the kind of better that's healing. Mm -hmm. That kind of better is what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling it? Not to figure out why just to acknowledge, like, I am here right now in this emotion. I'm going to sit here until it's done. And then I'm going to start to be the detective of my life and go, what are the thoughts that are happening right now for me? And then I'm going to try and catch it earlier and earlier. And I'm going to see what were the thoughts that happened right before this that triggered that. Then I'm going to sit in those thoughts, just in curiosity and wonder. We're not trying to figure anything out here. It's just that we've tamped down these emotions for so long, we've got to let them out. If we don't let them out, they live in our body on a cellular level and they are what causes disease, cancer, all the things. And so it is from this holding in and holding in of emotions um, that these things arise because it's very easy for us to be in denial about mental, emotional, spiritual things. But when the body starts to break down, ow, that hurts. Oh, I got to go take care of this. I got to go see the doctor. When you take care of this, the mental, emotional, spiritual piece, the body heals. Yeah. And I, I know that for truth because it, it has happened to me for sure. What is, I'm going to say what mine is first. What brings me unbridled joy is singing at the top of my lungs and driving everyone crazy with my horrible voice (laughs) and (laughs) dancing like a really bad, (laughs) you know, mom dance. But when I do those two things, I, I can feel it like on every level that I am in joy. What brings you joy on a daily basis? It's going to sound crazy, but literally everything. I mean, those moments, absolutely. Like sometimes <laughs> my daughter thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, and she's 13. So she's totally embarrassed. By I have me a 12 year old, 12 year old girl. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love being embarrassing. Like that's me one too. of my favorite things. <laughs> So I do that often because that brings me joy to embarrass her, not to traumatize her, but she actually secretly enjoys it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, just being silly and, you know, intentionally creating moments like that in like everyday life, you know, and just, I mean, every morning when I go on my walk and I'm listening to something that speaks to my soul. Like I am with nature. I am looking at trees. I am greeting them and going, whoa, I'm so grateful for this like beautiful tree in front of me. I'm so grateful that I can walk and enjoy this. I'm so grateful I can take in these deep breaths. And, you know, it is the creation of those moments 
over and over again throughout your day that cultivates that joy. I mean, I always tell my daughter, I'm like, oh, we keep forgetting to enact the five o'clock dance party, you know, and things like that. And they're silly and crazy, but we spend all this time doing other stuff, you know, that doesn't feel good. So why, I mean, I don't anymore, but a lot of people do. Yeah. So why, you know, like even in my business, like if I do something in my business that I don't like, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I'm not doing that anymore. Even if it's something that's like, everybody says you have to do this thing. I'm like, that does not bring me joy. And I refuse to do that. And I will stay hard and fast on what brings me joy. Like, what do I enjoy? I enjoy, you know, writing posts and I enjoy doing videos and, you know, sharing what I know is the truth for me. And, um, and when we do those things, like when we allow ourselves to be okay with being in joy, then guess what? We get to be in joy. Most people, I think they think we're supposed to be struggling all the time. And so and be okay just, with people looking at you and wondering why are you in joy and not caring? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just exactly. Like, whatever. I'm going to have fun while I'm doing the dishes. So too bad, you know, have a dance party while you're doing the dishes. Exactly. Why not combine them? Right. Yes. Makes your day so much better. So I love that where, um, so is it, are these strategies that you're talking about? Is this in the course that you have? out now or how, how can we find out about that? Yeah, I don't have one scheduled at the moment. I think I will probably gear up to have another one. Um, everything that I, I mean, it's interesting because I think there's about four things that I teach. They all, (laughs) they all, um, which sounds kind of crazy. Like how could you make a business over four things? But the four things are powerful. And because we're so the way we are in the society and unsupported in these things, those four things encompass like everything, you know? And so it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. So I teach those individually. I do teach them in courses and, um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. That makes sense for, I think what I'm thinking I'm going to do is uh, create a digital course mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that way, you know, people can get access to the information at any time that makes sense for them. Yeah. And maybe even some kind of membership, like a joy membership, that would be so mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> and just being around people that are in joy. I love that. Where can people find you, Erin? I think the best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is Erin, E-R-I-N-M-A-C-L-L-C. And I post a weekly, I post a video on, you know, some sort of ranting about (laughs) joy and or a strategy or something to think about. Um, And I have a ton on there. I also post on stories, usually like memes of, you know, support. Um, And my uh, website is on there as well, the URL. So if they wanted to learn more or get in contact with me when I'm on podcasts, I always give a 30 minute, what I call path to joy call. That is, it's not a sales call. It's just, where can I be of service? And so if that interests any of your viewer or listeners, um, they can um, tap into that on my website as well. Excellent. I will put all of that in the show notes and I'm, I'm going to be one of those people, if you don't mind, (laughs) of course, (laughs) because this, this has been so amazing. And I, 
I honestly believe in divine. I believe in things are supposed to happen when they're supposed to happen. And you coming into my life um, and being on my podcast was supposed to happen because some of the things that you said today, I've actually needed today. So it has been fantastic. So I am very grateful. Um, And I usually end every episode with something I am grateful for. And then I ask my guests what they're grateful for. And so something that I am grateful for today, and you actually talked about it in one of your joy um, things was the trees. And I actually just was out on my deck this morning, letting my dogs out. And we back onto this green space with a lot of evergreens. And I actually said to God and universe that I was just so grateful for all of those trees behind me that I can see those every day. So I find it really cool that you said that today too. So what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on this podcast because being able to share what I know is the truth and that uh, I may be able to touch another person to get them on their path to understanding their truth is priceless. There's nothing, you know, it's uh, when we can live in our truth all day, every day, then we're really, really living in part of what's, what's really happening here. And so I'm grateful that I have opportunities like this, that you've given me an opportunity to share what I know is the truth. And then I may be able to touch somebody's life and make it better. That's, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Honestly, I can't thank you enough for this interview. It has been an amazing start to my day. So thank you very much. And I will, like I said, I'll post all of your contact info in the show notes. So thank you. Thank you again, Erin, for all of your tips on cultivating more joy in our lives. I know from my own experience that when you do have those moments of joy, it feels so incredible. And how great would it be to have that feeling even more? Please check out the show notes for this episode on how to find Erin and get in touch with her. Erin, you are an incredible light in this world. Keep doing what you're doing in teaching more people how to have joy in their lives every day. Until next time, be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.